hey, this is a future of what single. If you want to get the whole thing, visit our website at killrockstars.com slash the future of what. We're talking to Peter Clark from What the Festival, Chanticleer True from Shanti Darling, and Travis Labby from True West. So let's talk because a lot of the listeners to the show are either musicians who are kind of at the early stages of their career and some in later stages, but also younger people trying to get into the business. Can you give us, Travis, your take on, on what, what, what advice would you give to young people when they're thinking about, okay, how can I make my concert more of an experience? I think, uh, just putting it all out there. I think, um, you know, some of the, the best bands, I think, just started in a van trailer and just toured and just put it out there every night. You know, no matter what you're doing, whether it's, you know, electronic or rock or whatever, just just go out and give 100% every time to whatever it is that you do and just stay out there on the grind. I think that you that's really where you learn the most is by just grinding it out and, and coming up that way is, is from that small level of touring through all the small rooms all the way up. That's when you really, I think, get, get some of the best performances from artists that have come up in that way. Just through sheer experience and, and touring and, and working. Yep. Yeah, just the, the more you can get in there. And you know, there's something like My Morning Jacket comes to mind mm-hmm. for me as a band that, you know, I remember them playing Burbatis wow. and for Thrasher. And, and, you know, and just a band like that has just really come up through every stage. And I think that that, that experience is very valuable and, and you can just really feel it in their performances all the way up to today to their big production shows. But... But that would be my advice is just to get out there and play as much as you can and do do whatever you want to do and don't hold back and, you know, just, just play live as much as you can. You know, I think that's uh, it's really a way to, to get there. Peter, what would you say? I mean, from like a, if you wanted to work in production from that kind of standpoint, I think it's all about doing whatever you can do to get your foot in the door with these companies. And it takes, you know, when I'm looking to hire somebody, I've had the benefit of having done most of the jobs I'm hiring them to do. And so you can kind of see that, oh my gosh, this person is qualified for this great, you know, position down the road. But right now let's, let's, let's have them run merch and see how they do on that. Or let's, let's have this person do something really, you know, that is honestly entry level, but it allows them to gain their experience. Kind of like the same way if you're going to be an upstarting band, you know, jump in your van, take your shows. Don't worry about the money. I mean, ideally don't worry about the money for the first while because that all comes later, you know, and so you got to just get out there and do it do whatever job you can do. Get in there, learn what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, and then you kind of position your career from there. So you said something earlier that I thought was really true, and we haven't like focused on it before, which is that, you know, with the changing economy and the way that the industry, the way that artists make money, touring has become such a massive part mm-hmm. of an artist's income. So, it, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was possible to be an artist and pretty much make royalties and tour some of the time. But nowadays, you're looking at a significant portion of your time you're going to be on tour because that's where the bulk of your income is going to come from. Mm-hmm. So with that, do you guys feel like you've seen people stepping up their game? Like, is there more competition at you know in the touring market for, for eyeballs and for pe- getting people in the doors with like bigger and more exciting stage shows and, and stuff like that? Yeah, I think it's been good for our field, though. Yeah. I mean, I... You know, I can speak for us as a relatively small regional promoter. Most of our mar- market is Portland and Seattle. You know, we're we're out there trying to you know go toe to toe with Live Nation and AEG all the time. And mm-hmm. and I think that the shift away from record sales 
has put everybody on the road more so that, you know, as you look at just the amphitheaters in the region, you know, we do the Oregon and Seattle Zoo, but there's Edgefield, Mary Moore, and all these uh, Chateau St. Michelle and all these others. And there's a kind of enough to go around now. You yeah, know, there's, there's really enough artists on the road that every venue can have a really nice summer series. And, and I think it's been good for the consumer, good for both, you know, the large promoters and the local promoters. And, and yeah, I, th- I think it's been a good shift from our perspective. You know, it's in terms of the artist, I think, you know, it's probably harder to, to make that money on the road, make it through merchandise sales and other things like that. Those, those days of the 80s, I guess, when I think of bands, arena rock bands, Van Halen just being, you know, probably multimillionaires from one album release. So, mm-hmm. you know, those days are probably gone. But yeah, I think it's a good thing for everybody. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I mean, I think that there's, I mean, even in Portland in the last 10 years, there's been so many new venues that have opened up. It's pretty impressive to see that. I don't find, we don't find much competition. I mean, the acts that are coming to us are usually looking for a routed date or they're, you know, the festival buying component, I think is actually, is pretty challenging. We're constantly going head to head with Live Nation, AEG and all them and bigger players. A lot of the acts that we would like to put in offers on are waiting to see if they're going to get an offer from one of these other larger events. And so we kind of end up getting put down a few rungs in the ladder, even though we're this, you know, unique breakout kind of brand or whatever, but it, you know, it, it's a challenge to incentivize the artists to come and play the event on the local level. It's not, it's pretty much just, you know, this many tickets, this much money, this much budget for whatever else. But for the festival, it's, you have to really play the game and they have to be interested and they have to potentially give up other offers to come and play your event via the radius clause and those kinds of things. So it's, it's a whole complex animal that is, you know, as we grow, as our event grows in size, we get a little more clout, which is always great, but we're still up against the the big players, you know, nine times out of 10. And festivals have grown in proportion, right? I mean, we've really oh, seen an explosion crazy of festivals amount. lately. There's so many now. I mean, moving festival dates are like coveted dates. You don't give them up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, festival talent buying is a whole different game. I mean, the price points on festival buying is is way up there for artists compared to, you know, if you're playing the Oregon Zoo or Seattle Zoo or Edgefield, mm-hmm. you know, festival date commands way more money for the artist. So it's, yeah. it, that has become an interesting aspect of the industry is, mm-hmm. as, uh, yeah, they're just kind of seeing where they're getting routed through festivals and you know, it can make a lot more money. So. Right. And that's something, I mean, my understanding is you pretty much need to have a booking agent if you're going to get festivals because that's one of those relationship things, right? right. Sean, when, do you guys have a booking agent now? We don't. We've been blessed enough to be able to play festivals, but yeah, it's in the works now. It's high, high on my list. So, yeah. yeah, but you see, that's. I mean, that's a testament to your live show, right? Right, that people are like, "Oh, we got to have them," even right. though you know, I don't know my buddy who I can put on speed dial and also get this other big act <laughs> right. at the same time. You know, that mm-hmm. kind of leverage that I assume goes on in the background. Totally. Oh yeah. 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 That's very impressive. But that's something that you eventually want right definitely because <laughs> booking your own shows i would say that's probably one of the hardest things to do as a an independent artist it definitely is it's not a position you really want to be in you don't want to be in a position to have to talk and negotiate for yourself and you know then because sometimes that's not like such a fun process and then you have to like play nice and all of that you want to be completely separated from that if you can mm-hmm. but i'll go ahead and say again you know, it's something that you should learn how to do, mm-hmm. learn how to speak for yourself as yeah. well and learn how to be diplomatic and be nice to everyone and to do it well, you know, so. Yeah, it builds character. It does. And it's also, <laughs> I, you know, I always feel very close to artists who can do that because I used to do, I used to book our own shows, but it was in the days before the internet. Yeah. 
So that's where you'd call and leave messages <laughs> and then hope that people called you back. It was, I can't even believe we got stuff done then. But I guess we did. Everybody had jobs. Yeah. So. Fax machine. Oh yeah, fax machines. Do you know what's, uh, here's a weird thing about fax machines, which I just used a fax machine today, so I'm feeling really ancient. All of the old correspondence for Kill Rockstars 25 years ago was done on fax machines and that paper fades so we have boxes of blank pieces of paper. <laughs> and I have no idea what could have been it's on it. It's a good legal strategy. Right? <laughs> it just goes away after a certain... I was like, wow, that is... A, whose terrible idea was this? He's disappearing ink on our contract. So who knows what I've got in the vault? Because it's all gone. Well, you guys, this has been such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining me today on The Future of What? Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you, guys. You. It's great. Did you like what you heard? Then subscribe to The Future of What on iTunes. And thanks for listening.